Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be listening to the NI Golf Podcast episode 49. 49. And apologies for my uh, croakiness this week. Uh, I'm loaded with the whatever, flu, <laughs> chest infection, voice box yeah, kind I'm, of thing. I'm trying to sit as far away as possible. Oh, you'll, you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all the programme this week, Mr. Kelly. We hear from one of Ireland's newest professionals, Leona Maguire. The Shot Clock Masters in Austria caused a lot of debate. We speak to Tom McKibben, who played in the event, to see what he made of it. We've all the usual news and reports from the amateur and professional games, and we'll have a good look at the US Open. And we're also talking about backstopping, and this time it's got nothing to do with Brexit. Backstopping. Ever hear of it? We shall explain all. The NI Golf Podcast, sponsored by Andrew Morris Golf. Have your swing analysed on Trackman for a custom club fitting by our leading team of professionals. So we're back in our wee studio doing it together face to face. You're getting infected. Uh, well, listen, it had got to the stage where sitting in my wee office looking at the wall was depressing me. It wasn't. It was It was a different experience. It was. It was interesting. It's better that we're kind of here together yeah. and, you know. So we don't talk across each other as no, much. No, exactly, exactly. So uh, so this week, yes, it's US Open week at Shinnecock Hills. Graham McDowell is in the field as is Shane Laurie, who came through qualifying. While Rory McIlroy uh, will be chasing a first major win since 2014. It's been a long time since Rory's had a, a major win. And here's what he said to Sky Sports. Yeah, it really depends on the wind direction here. Um, you know, I think it's been great for a lot of the guys that we've we've been able to see this golf course in different winds. Um, you know, yesterday was actually the first time that, that I've been able to see it in a, in a prevailing southwest wind. So uh, my, my club selections off the tees... Uh, you know, slightly changed with that. I think with the southwest wind, you're probably not going to hit as many drivers as as you think you would. Um, but then, when when it changes, I think the first couple of days, it's sort of out of the west and northwest. Um, you sort of get driver in your hand a little bit more. But um, you know, it's it's a U.S. Open. You know, it's it's you know it's primarily a second shot golf course. You know, obviously it's generous off the tees for the most part. But if you miss the fairways, you know you're going to get punished heavily um, so it's just about making sure you put your ball in the right place off the off the tee and then and then really just putting your ball into the, the right place in the greens these greens are quite large but they play a lot smaller than than they actually are just because of runoffs and and, and the way the way they're designed so um, but I, I mean I think I'll adopt quite a conservative strategy off the tee um, you know as I said, the greens are, you know, the, the, you're hitting into big targets. So, you know, even if you're leaving yourself back and maybe hitting a couple of extra clubs into these greens, it's it's not such a bad thing. I'd rather be doing that than, than hacking my way out of the rough. So um, so that's sort of my, my strategy this week. So that's all fine and well and fine and dandy saying all that. Yeah. But it's now five past seven on Thursday night. He finished his first round about half an hour ago. And plus 10 was the score at the end of day one. And he, he did a fair amount of hacking it out of the rough. So how much more conservative <laughs> does Rory have to play? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like what? I I was in here all day. I was in work all day, right? Allegedly working. Allegedly working. So I didn't see very much of the round, right? Until at about coming up on our sports report earlier on, on the day job. And the sports reporter said, I mean, just check Rory's score there. So I went online and it said, and I went right down the leaderboard and I kept going and I kept going yeah. and I went further and further. And then it said, plus 10. And I went, what? What? 
uh, this can't be right. So then I went on to Twitter, and sure enough... Everybody was getting stuck in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I went, Jeepers, creepers, what the heck? So what happened? I didn't see it. You, you, you I, saw it. I watched some of it, obviously, and then I turned it off because it was like a car crash TV because neither of that group... Oh, none of that group played well. Oh, well Jordan Spieth, Spieth was overpowered. Was over Mac, uh, Mickelson, Mickelson was, like, was six or something at the time. Yeah. It was hard to watch. None of them was playing well. They were hitting it in the rough. They were hitting it even when they didn't find... Like at one stage, Rory was had 87 yards into one of his opening holes. 87 yards, middle of the fairway, wedge in hand. One place you couldn't put it, front right bunker. Front right bunker he went and it was plugged. Walked away with another bogey. Should have took the Texas. <laughs> I'm telling you, I know. <laughs> Knocked it up now, 87 listen, yards of the putter. Everybody said it was going to be a brutally tough event, particularly with the wind blew. But these boys have been there all week. Right. <laughs> what that, are they doing? That's all very well saying that, right? <laughs> but there was an amateur on minus one the last time I looked. Yeah. And, and the leading, the, the, there is two people, Ian Poulter and Scott Piercy, as we're talking They're here, one under have somewhere. both got round and one under. Uh-huh. Now, that's only two people in the whole field. Yeah, the start. Yeah. And, by the way, it's likely to go, more people will, Rory won't be last. No, the no, well, the, the, the commentator, I, I got the, the live feed then, and yeah. the commentators were saying, you shoot around in the 60s tomorrow, you're back in this. Yeah. It, I'm it, thinking, what? It How is hard a, can it be? It, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, because, listen to the... The talk about all the preparation. I think Rory's been there. He's, he's staying nearby. He's been there all week. Tiger Woods has put the boat nearby. He's there all week. They're there. They're practicing. Rory was talking in his pre-event there about I've had a chance to look at all the different wins and all this. Hello. Then he goes, the ball's but, going okay, everywhere. Well, here, here's the thing then. Do you know, it's all fine and dandy and they say all this and, but are they kind of like everybody else that when we get on the course we just go this is the way I do it oh let's go <laughs> yeah. and, you ha- and, and our, our golf is actually a much more one dimensional than we like to think and that we like to admit I think this, the yeah, that's a good question the best players can cope with any conditions and you would look in those conditions and you're looking at Justin Rose as an automatic now that he might go out and do well be interesting to see how Dustin Johnson goes this evening as well uh, but, you know, you're looking for adaptable golfers and maybe there's just not that many any longer. You might remember that many moons ago in one of our early podcasts, we had Johnny Foster in, yes. Green Acres. And that was one of the things we talked to Johnny about, about players learning how to play golf. And Johnny was talking about the Trackman generation who can tell you all about in doubt and uh-huh. swing nine degrees down and all yeah. that sort of thing. But when there's a 30 mile an hour wind blowing and you have to aim at 30 yards left of your target, are you prepared to do that? Can you do that? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, Morris, how many golfers there is out there now who are capable of doing that. Do you remember Bally Liffin? Well, you aimed at 50 yards left. <laughs> at one, but like, Morris, remember that when we all played that originally? I was. And now, and we, now, we, now you're going to spoil it. No, no. The point now of you matter, see, no, now you're going to blow it because no. yes, I did aim at 50 <laughs> yards left in a 50 mile an hour wind and, and I put, it it into, put it into 8 feet. Yes. Now you're going to spoil it by saying it was my second ball. But the point and of you that, had to do that, didn't no, you? No, no, but uh, we all hit see, the shots. See, we all hit the uh, shots. Uh, and we all finished in the same place that day. Goodness sake, give me a bit of glory. <laughs> We all hit the shots and we all hit the same. We all finished in the same place. Yeah, but we, we, we did originally aim a bit left. But we couldn't bring ourselves to aim... 50 yards left. As far as you needed. Maybe it's the same with these people. But Rory's... I don't know. The talk about Rory not being able to play on fast courses where it's windy and all that. He doesn't control his ball flight well. Rory, Paul McGinney would always say Rory likes it. 
you know, the fairway soft, so uh-huh. the wider, the green's more receptive. But you'd love to think that with all his Lynx experience and playing golf... And the fact he, that he's already won a US Open. That he'd, that, he'd, that he'd find a way to get round. But, Morris, I just, I honestly don't think, if you're being honest, since the Masters, he hasn't played that well. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there's a layover from that still going on there. I'm not an amateur psychologist, but he, his game was quite geared to the Masters. He put a lot of work into the Masters. The Masters win didn't come off from, and he hasn't come back right since. Well, it's early days. It's round one. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Yeah. Well, the anyway. def- defending champion Brooks Kepka, who still has Port Rush native Ricky Elliott in the bag, he also talked about patience required to win a major title. I think the one thing that I, I really did learn was you just need to hang around. Uh, I feel like you just got to have have a chance. Um, you know, I felt like I've knocked on the door a few times and, and just kind of fell back. Um, you know, whether it be, I think the PGA a couple years ago, I felt like I really had a good chance. You know, I was injured there too, unfortunately. But it's as long as you can put yourself in the position to be there uh, on Sunday with nine to play, You've. It's amazing how. I don't want to say it's easy to win a major championship, but if you put yourself in that the correct spot where you need to be and you play good golf, it's amazing how things turn out. Um, when you start dealing with pressure, um, things like. I mean, one bad hole. I mean, it's just kind of how you react. But I think the one thing I learned is patience. Just be, just be there with a nine to play. Um, you know, it takes. Two holes to recover from a double and one to recover from a bogey. So whatever you're going to make your mistake, make it at a bogey. And I felt like every major championship, we do a pretty good job of that. I feel like we're always kind of hanging around the top ten. But to finally win one, I think, is it was so gratifying, to be honest with you. Um, And, you know, hopefully do it again this week. Ah, you say that, Brooks. (laughs) (laughs) But we know your score. (laughs) Right, big lad, whatever you think. He was over par as well. Oh, it just shows you, doesn't it? Uh, sticking with the US Open theme, the recent women's US Open was won by Aria Jutanagarn, who beat uh, Hyo Jo Kim at the fourth extra hole to win the US Women's Open in Alabama. That was a bit of a blow-up. Wasn't it unbelievable? She yes. cruising along. I mean, seven ahead. Seven or so. and yeah. just totally fell apart. Which, did very well to come back. Which for somebody who has always looked so in control, so composed, mm-hmm. it was actually interesting to see because there were no real signs of it. You, you, know, you couldn't no. tell by her expressions or anything. She just started hitting bad shots. And then, even then when she got into the playoff march, did you see the couple of bunker shots she hit? Aye. Stunning then. Yeah. It was as if the Nothing previous happened. holes yeah, hadn't yeah. happened uh, our own Olivia Mahaffey received a late invite into the tournament and carded rounds of 76 and 77 but sadly missed the cut but a great opportunity for Olivia another one for her it's brilliant to see you know now, there's no event in Europe this week which gives everybody a bit of time to discuss the benefits or other ways of the Shot Club Masters in Austria which was won pretty emphatically by Mikko Kohoran and when it comes to this particular event, we had a man on the inside, Tom McKibben, a podcast regular. He received an invite to play in the event and did really well, posting rounds of 71 and 78. And he's joining us on the blower for a bit of a chat about it this evening. Tom, what about you all good? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. So uh, first European tour start, how amazing is that? And, and was it everything that you felt it was going to be and more or... What, what, did, what did you make of the whole thing just in total? Um, yeah, it was everything I sort of expected. and The play well the first day was unbelievable. I enjoyed it so much and it was a great experience. And 
the game was in pretty good shape, so like, it just showed me the level I had to be at so, and the stuff I have to work on. Yeah, yeah, you said you played well on the first day. You were in the leaderboard at one stage. Uh, after 10 holes, you were on minus three, so that must have been, I uh, don't know if you've watched it back, but it must have been nice to see your name on the leaderboard there. Uh, yeah, I watched it back the day I got home just to see it on TV, but um, yeah, it was great. I just played, played the way they try normally play and didn't really do anything different and just played solidly and just a couple of, a bad break in the back nine, but um, no, it was great first round and um, just played solid. Yeah, you had a wee double there just on the eleventh, but other than that, as you as you say, it was very very solid and and uh, and really good shooting. Did you have a, a game plan before you went out? Did you have a bit of course management going on? Um, I sort of just figured it out in the practice rounds and what to hit off the tee, and I stuck with it. A couple of holes just changed maybe because the pin was at the back, so I went with a longer club off the tee, like on a par four or. Yeah. The wind was into you, so we had to change clubs. But mostly, I just stuck to the game plan and did it that way. So the second day, then not quite as good a result, but still fantastic for a debut European Tour appearance. We have to remember that uh, many, many pros have missed about twenty cuts before they even managed to make a cut, and when they turn pro. So, so what happened the second day? Then why was it so different? Um, I didn't feel like I played too badly. I hit um, hit loads of greens and just wasn't hitting it very close and then had two doubles which were just two bad swings just hit a block and it took a bad kick into the bush and then a block into the water on another hole but wasn't any course management errors or anything like that bad decision it was just two bad swings really and yep. the rest I just hit hit my shots too far away from the hole but they're still on the green still on the green <laughs> yeah <laughs> Listen, Tom, the, the, the Shot Club Masters, it was the first time the European Tour had tried this 40 seconds to hit your, your, your shot in. I know you don't have any problems with that, you're a quick player, but what did you make of trying to play with a clock actually going in the background? Yeah, I, I thought it was good. I, like, after the first couple of holes, you think about it, you don't really know what's... But after that, it's perfectly fine, and I think as soon as the referees know that your grip's fast, they're not really worried and aren't really pushing you too hard or anything, they're just sort of I think it, it's hard to go over the time, look, really yeah. hard Well, it depends, unless you're uh, Kevin now <laughs> Yeah, no like, but we, we didn't wait for a shot the first two rounds at all, didn't wait for one shot Fantastic, and, and just, in, just in terms of that, did you get chatting to, to any of the other players, did you have any sort of, uh, sort of chats with them? Um no, not really. Just sort of, I didn't really. I just sort of went and did my own business. Yeah, really. absolutely. Yeah, stick to focused, dry, focused, <laughs> focused. So what's yeah, what's what's next focused. for you then? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, what's 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 the rest of the season hold for you? Um, playing the Henry Cooper next week in England, and then Irish Boys is the week after that Beaver, and then I'm playing Junior Open in the three or four weeks, and then I've got the. I'm going to play the junior players at Sawgrass at the end of August. Nice. Nice. Lovely. Well, fantastic debut on the European Tour, as always. Well done, young man. We're right behind you and uh, a fantastic start. Thanks for having a chat to us. Thank you. Cheers. Talk to you soon. Hello, Tom. Bye-bye. Bye. Get the best prices on every round of golf with Hot Deals Tea Times exclusively from Golf Now. Available at more than 1,600 golf clubs throughout the UK and Ireland. Hot deals save you up to 80% on thousands of tea times daily. 
Find the flame and save every time you play with hot deals. Only from Golf Now. So Tom enjoyed the Shotgun Masters, and it was really hard to find anybody who actually had a bad thing to say about it. Yeah, it seemed to go all, well. All the players yeah. seemed to love it. English golfer Eddie Pepperell had some interesting thoughts, and I would say if you get a chance, go online and read his blog. Eddie always says some interesting things. But the European Tour boss, Keith Pelley, he was there at the event. It was his idea, and he had a few words to say afterwards. Well, I think it was a, a team idea. There's no question that we've kind of created the uh, the momentum at the tour that we're looking for things that can improve the game. And uh, I think that we saw this week that, that this can definitely improve the game. And it also shows that if the players get into the mindset, and that's what it really is about, the mindset, then uh, then they can play quicker. They can they can play where I think that it uh, it makes for a better viewing experience both on television, a better customer experience at the tournaments, and uh, and the golfers love it as well. So I I think that's the biggest thing is when you have a clock there, regardless whether it's 50, 40, 30, 60, it's a mindset, and that's what we learned this week. Should have been 10. Uh, that would have got the juices flowing. There was actually a couple of rounds of golf in that event came round in under four hours. Hang on a second. Honestly. Andrew Snoddy, you know where I met Andrew? No, that's no big thing. Well, it's a big thing for pro golf. Not if you're putting 40 seconds on a shot. I was expecting you to say two hours there. <laughs> a lot of them would wait until almost five seconds before hitting their shot. They would wait. They would stand there and stand there and stand there and then they would hit, their cl- hit the ball. What was the point of that then? I Goodness know. sake, got a bit of balls. You get a move 20 on. seconds max, two hours, let's go. One of the things Keith was saying... I'd that, give them buggies. Are you a fan of buggies? Would you think it would... For, for me, yeah. Would you think it would speed play up? No, of course not. Yeah, I don't uh, know. What I'll say is that Keith was a big fan of it, obviously. It worked from his point of view. And what he said was that it would go away and have a think and have a look at it and see what they could do with it now going forward. It took quite a lot of organisation. There had to be a referee with every group. Everything had to be wirelessly set up because there was that truck going with each group that mm-hmm. had the, the, the big yeah, yeah. LCD thing on it. So it's not. Oh, the, it's logistically a nightmare. It it's all right as a wee one off just it, to see what yeah. the crack is. Like there, there would be some places just wouldn't have the, the, the amount of IT support maybe to do something like that. I don't know. Exactly. And think of you had to pay all those referees to be there as well. Yeah. So it, it wasn't easy. It was a nice experiment. I thought it was brilliant, Morris. Yeah. The players definitely played quicker. And the reaction from the players they was They played weird. quicker by what? Like a whole hour? Some by an hour. Some by an hour. But Some by less. By, but also, the question that you have to ask yourself is, right, if everybody enjoyed it, everybody thought it was a good idea, and everybody agreed that there was no detriment to playing quicker, why do you need a shot clock in the first place? Can I move on? Aye. Well, because they don't have to. I suppose nobody's because, enforcing it because nobody's enforcing it because there's no penalty. Where in this case, if you mucked it up, it was a shot penalty straight away. And would you believe, over the course of the week, I think four or five people got penalties. You've got a giant clock beside you, exactly, and you still end up with penalties. Mental. Now the other issue that came up over the weekend concerned backstopping, which as me and Morris were talking about earlier, we originally thought it all to do with Brexit yes. and the border and the EU. <laughs> But it seems it has nothing to do with the border issues and everything to do with marking your ball on the green. These are these things I love that you throw I'd your never, head I'd up. never heard it called this before. <laughs> yes. I thought it was called, you silly fool, you shouldn't have done that. 
<laughs> so I didn't realise that this was an actual thing. Yes, it seems now. It seems that on the professional tours, something I wasn't aware of until yes. until it started on Twitter, that uh, professional golfers have been known to when they chip from close range up onto the green and leave their ball maybe adjacent or behind the hole and their mates playing it next, instead of going up and marking the ball, which you're supposed to, they would just give the wee nod, the wee wink to their mate, I'll leave that there for you in case yours goes scudding through, it might stop. So if you're if you're playing with your mate, uh-huh. there's a wee unwritten rule, is there a wee unwritten it seems to have been. That's what that's what was intimated on Twitter by Jimmy Walker of all people. So just say you're Pat Perez or Jason Dufner and you don't have any friends. Then nobody seems Allegedly. Nobody seems to everybody runs up and marks their ball then. So it seems that if you have a mate, you leave your ball there and you hope that if your pal accidentally gives it a wee skull that it stops his ball going through. So this is this is an unwritten thing. It seems to have been that that is the the way that Jimmy Walker discussed it, and he doesn't. He was spoken to later during the week there during the US Open week, and he sort of was saying, "Well, listen, it's a sort of thing that happens, and nobody says anything about it." So, and so you're not meant to replace. You're only meant to replace one ball. Yeah, yeah. You're only meant to replace the ball that was there originally. Okay. So say so say your your friend goes first. Yes. The ball goes a wee bit past the hole. Yes. He then He leaves it there. He leaves it there. He doesn't mark instead it. Instead of marking it, yes. So how come all us amateurs are saying, Would you mark that please? Ex- because we tend to play by the rules. Because you wouldn't you wouldn't think of doing that. No. You would automatically I will now. Yeah. <laughs> John, that's all right, leave it there. In, in match play, you would obviously leave it there for your mate, maybe, okay? The one you're playing against. You're playing, no, you're playing with. Okay, so you're playing four balls. Uh-huh. You might leave it or not. Okay. This is, this is amounting to legalised cheating. It is breaking the rules with a nod. With a nod. Branding the rules with a nod and a wink. And it's like the old fan. It was one of the ones that, you know the way you would say to somebody, you can't say to me if we're playing golf and I pitch it up there, I leave that door for you, Morris. That's an automatic, gone. Aye. It's cheating. But, but if I say to you, sure, leave it there. And you can't say, I can't that, say I, that either. You can't say that either, right? But if I say, do you know that thing that we've never discussed on the podcast about leaving it there afterwards? Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. Or, or do you know that thing? You nudge, know, nudge, wink, Do you know the wink. way you and me are good mates? Aye. Don't leave it. Don't leave that there because I can't say that. But if yeah. you wanted to, I wouldn't stop I you. I wouldn't stop you. Exactly. Go up there and don't mark that ball for me, please, will you? <laughs> <laughs> now, no, ag- you can't say that. Against that, against that, there is a thing about, let's be honest, they're trying to speed up play, right? Yes. So... Really, like, do, do, do you want people to be hitting a pitch shot from 30 yards and then said, hold on, I better mark this and run up? <laughs> so what happens if, as a, you, you hit it past the hole a wee bit, right? Yeah. So then your mate comes along, hits his shot, yeah. it cannons into yours, right? Yeah. Yours goes, you know, about, you know, three inches, four inches, five exactly. inches, six inches further down. Yes. How do you replace it to where it should have been if you, if the if your ball stops dead? Yeah. So if your ball basically replaces it's basically the one that taking the place, it takes the place of the one that was you there. You have to. The rule is you try and replace it as close as possible, as close as possible. And actually, do you know what? Because I'm such an anorak, I actually have the rule on backstopping here. Please don't read it. <laughs> In stroke play, uh-huh. if the committee determines that competitors have agreed not to lift the ball, that might assist any competitors. They are. Disqualified from the whole thing. Disqualified, not just a two-shot penalty or something. Out of the whole thing. Out. Out. So how does this apply to the amateur game? How do you call that to say? I think you two were at your work. Well, as we know, it's the same with anything. 
<laughs> Club right in the back of the head. You. The difference with the pros is that they're playing for a lot of money and as the likes of Luke Donald and Lee West would come on straight away and said, you have to protect the field, not just your mates. So there's a whole row. There was a, there was a Twitter ad quieting down a bit because of the US Open, but it might come back again because it's been there's been a, in particular a few people on social media who have been going on about it lately and it most people had ignored it. It was only because Jimmy Walker came in and said, usually a guy will ask if he would like, like you to mark it. If you don't like a guy, you will mark anyway. <laughs> if you like the guy, you might leave it to help him on a shot. Some guys don't want to give help at all and rush to mark their ball to each his own. That was his tweet. That sounds like, you know, that, that, that sounds like they've all been out. It sounds like the unwritten rule. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. sounds... Unwritten rule. So there you go. They were caught out. I'll be interested to see now, Mars. Could you first see, could you see the first disqualification for backstopping on tour. No. No. <laughs> At clubstohire.com, you can take all the hassle out of your golf travel and rent your clubs before you fly. Clubs to Hire offer the very latest sets from just £32 per week, including the brand new M4 clubs from TaylorMade. And Clubs to Hire have just opened three new locations in Australia. That's 26 locations worldwide. So wherever you're travelling to play golf, choose the easy option and hire your clubs at clubstohire.com. On with the rest of the pro news, please, Mr. Kelly. Right. And to try and say this properly. It's the Eau de France Golf Open at St. Omer this week on a Challenge Tour. Average. Uh, yeah. And the French was never good. Round one's underway today. A new Irish professional, Paul McBride, he only turned professional recently. He spent most of his last few years in America playing golf mm-hmm. there. Um, so he finished. He did well. He had two under. Um, Gary Hurley, Cormac Chauvin, Michael Hoy and Johnny Caldwell. They fared less well. By the way, just worth mentioning, we're sort of a third of the way through the Challenge Tour season and Michael Hoy is the leading Irishman. He's currently ranked 35th. While Dustin Johnson was on his way back to world number one with the victory at the FedEx and Jude Classic, Seamus Parr was finishing in a tie for 12th, which moved him up from 129 to 120 on the FedEx Cup rankings. Seamus is having a, a not a bad season now. Yeah, we talked about that the last time. Yeah, he's he, starting to turn it around nicely. We just would like him, you know, a win, even a top five could seal, seal his card from. Here, speaking of which, for, so we forgot to mention, who do you fancy for the US Open? Uh, Justin Rose. See, I had Rosie in my head too. Yeah, Justin Rose. I was thinking it'll either be Dustin or Justin. Dustin, yeah. It's or could hard it be to, the other Justin? It's hard to look past. It could Just- be Justin, Justin or Dustin. <laughs> For a man who's not well, you're doing very well saying that. I was used your painkillers. I had Branton Grace down and I put a few pounds on Branton Grace. Poor Branton. Sorry about that, Branton. No, I see you've jinxed them now. Yeah. The Euro Pro Tour is currently, well, it was at Montrose Golf Club. The final round was meant to be on today. But the storms, Storm Hector. Storm Hector. Awful name for a storm. Round two came to a close, right? So then they decided it was too windy today for, for the third round. Chris Gain won it at minus 10. Uh, Brenton McCarl, he was the best of the Irish on five under. And J.R. Galbraith was four under. Just as a matter of interest, what do you think would be a good name for a storm? Paul. Okay. Stephanie Meadow finished tied for fourth at the Four Winds Invitational on the Symmetra Tour. I didn't know that the Four Winds up there in the in hills. Belfast. In Belfast. They had a, a tournament for the <laughs> ladies. Oh, I'm surprised you didn't Is that up at Mount Ober? <laughs> didn't even know. Uh, in seven starts, Stephanie has one win and five top tens going well. It means she's currently fifth in the Volvic race for the card. And closer to home, Damien Mooney fired rounds of 64-62 to win the Dunfanaghy Pro-Am while Michael McGeady claimed a Heritage Challenge Pro-Am with rounds of 64 and 71. 
One of the premier Challenge Tour events of the year, the NI Open, hosted by Modest Golf, returns to Galgorn Castle from the 16th to the 19th of August. Register now for your free tickets at niopen.golf. Last week's ShopRite LPGA Classic was won by American Annie Park. Uh, our focus for much of that week was on two golfers from County Cavan, the Maguire twins, Lisa and Leona, who were making their first starts as pro golfers. Lisa and Leona will be represented by Niall Horan's modest golf management team and have agreed deals with KPMG, Allianz, Puma Golf Clothing and Ping Golf Equipment. The girls are set up. Fair play to them, great start. They're doing well already. Uh, While Lisa missed the cut, Leona, formerly the world's number one amateur, finished tied for 15th. This week, the duo will be joining Stephanie Meadow on the Symmetra Tour at the Forsyth Classic in Illinois. And Paul caught up with them before they headed out to play in the Pro-Am. It's great to have you on, by the way. Were you surprised by the level of media interest shown last week? Um, I don't know if I was surprised, but uh, it was definitely great to see... um getting a lot of coverage and I know there'd been a lot of people sort of waiting a long time to for me and Lisa to turn pro so it wasn't really surprising that our first event that a lot of people were interested in in how we were going to do and everything and it was great to have all the, the support from both from back home and out here. And was it difficult for you to actually get back into playing golf? Um, not really I mean I've been I've been used to doing a lot of media stuff um, all the way along obviously there was there's maybe a little bit more last week but we we were able to do a lot of it ahead of time and then once it got near the tournament it was it was more just focused on on the tournament and, and playing golf really did it feel anywhere different playing as a professional no I actually I felt very relaxed very calm I, I kind of felt like that was where I where I was supposed to be I suppose um I always said I, I'd wait till I was ready to turn pro and I really did feel like I was ready last week and um, uh, no, I felt pretty comfortable out there obviously. Was, I was a little bit nervous on the first tee but once we sort of got going um, just sort of got into my own rhythm and, and just played my own game really. Sort of what was the reaction amongst your peers and amongst the other competitors? Yeah, I mean they were all, I, obviously I've, I've, known, I've known a lot of them, I've had a lot of them growing up either in junior golf back in Europe or at home and um, some of them in college as well, so it was nice to see a lot of familiar faces, and everybody was was pretty welcoming. And I was I had two two really good groups the first two days, and and again the last day. So um, hopefully we can get out there more often and and tee it up against them. Did you did you actually finish the tournament a bit disappointed with your performance? You end up? No, I wouldn't say disappointed. I think if if you'd offered me fifteenth at the start of the week, I definitely wouldn't have, would have taken it. Um, I would have would have liked to have maybe um, hold a few more pots, but I think on all in all, as as a first start goes, I can't really complain. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now I believe you're planning to sticks and move to Arizona. I think. What's the thinking behind that move? Yeah, I think we just wanted to be somewhere where it was going to be good weather sort year round, especially in the winter time, and the conditions out in Arizona will be really good. And, um, lots of really good golf courses to practice on, and we know quite a few people in the area. And obviously, Olivia is there, and um, just to have people around that we can play and practice with, and should be a good environment. Going from sort of the team atmosphere at Duke for the last four years, we wanted to be somewhere where we knew some people and and sort of could could play with as well and not just be, be on our own. And in terms of the schedule, I believe you're you're playing a lot of the Symmetra Tour stuff now. Yeah, it's, uh, it was good to get my first start as an LPGA event and then sort of focusing more on Symmetra Tour now for the rest, 
the rest of the summer and the next few weeks trying to get my, my LPGA card that way. So we playing a little bit of catch-up, but um, I have my first one this week in Illinois. So um, hopefully get, get off to as good a start as I can. Now, I know you've signed, you've signed up with a number of, of sort of brands, including KPMG and um, the likes of Puma and, uh, uh, and Ping and these things, but why did you go from Modest Golf? Yeah, I think, I mean, they're they're an up-and-coming company. I think um, they, they've been very professional and, and they're ambitious, just like both myself and Lisa are. And um, I think everyone on the team just really impressed both myself and Lisa anytime we met with them, with Mark and Ian and Niall and... Um, yeah, it's just a it's, a, it's a small company, obviously, with strong ties to Ireland, which is something that's that's important to us as well. Um, when do you hope to be back home again for a spell? Um, I don't know. Hopefully, um, at some point in the summer, we'll be able to get back home. Um, obviously, smash for the next few weeks. Um, so hopefully, sometime soon, but uh, not in the f- next few weeks, unfortunately. No, you're, you're pretty busy. Yeah, <laughs> you've played an awful lot of golf already this year, Leona. How how do you feel, sort of physically and mentally? Yeah, I think I, I'm ready to go. I think um, a lot of the winter uh, was sort of preparing for this. That's this is the kind of year where I wanted to be both physically, mentally, and, and golf wise prepared. I knew it was going to be a busy stretch heading into these next few weeks. So um, we have a few weeks on the road now, and then let's recharge again, and then and then go again. So I think. That's going to be the big thing, adjusting to, to professional life, being, being on the road a lot and, and knowing how to do things and, and manage sort of energy levels and stuff like that. So I kind of have to figure it out a little bit as I go along, but, but right now I'm still pretty fresh. From modest point of view, how important is it to have the likes of the Maguires on board? Oh, I mean, um, Paul, I remember talking to you guys when we first launched the business and um, you know, our whole company is based on signing really young, hardworking, and incredibly talented young athletes. And um, you know, Lisa and the owner for me are just the absolute example of that. You know, they're they're young, incredibly talented, hardworking, and they just they are absolutely what modest um, expect and, and want in a player. And obviously, you know, um, the fact they're they're Irish um, is is great as well because obviously we've been asked to, for a long time are we signing any um, Irish players? Well. Um, you know, here we are. We've got two fantastic young, young female golfers to represent us moving forward. We we couldn't be more delighted. Can you see a bright future then coming forward. If you, yes, I mean for for me, you know, the the girls have already done a lot of the hard work, and we're really there to act as a support network for them and to try and, you know, take away any any pressures off course really, and just let them focus on what they do best, which is play golf and. Um, you know, I've been fortunate. I've spent the last three weeks with them um, on the road, and um, you know, I knew how in- incredibly professional they were before before really spending this amount of time with them. But you know, the, the three weeks I've spent with them on the road has just re-emphasised to all of us just just what model professionals they are. And I- um, scheduling wise, I believe they'll probably diverge a wee bit over the next while. Um, Leona has her card on the Symmetra tour, but. Uh, what about Lisa? Are you going to try and get a few invites all over the place? Yeah, of course. That's what we're here to do: create opportunities, which we will do. And we'll, um, you know, for us, you know, there are no expectations on either girl right now. You know, it's about them adjusting to pro life. Um, it's about them going out, putting themselves in competitive arenas as professionals. And um, you know, it's it's very much you know a sort of 
month a month by month by month um, schedule for now um, we will create opportunities across both America and and the European side of things and um, you know it's just really gearing them up for the end of the year and to start next year with some some good experience behind them from from this year really brilliant mark as always thanks very much hopefully we'll speak to you again soon about the the galgorm about the ni open of course tickets still available uh, as always you know i like to push that ni open dot golf but uh, yeah no um myself at nile and the whole modest team are looking forward to returning it's such an incredible event and gary and ross have done a fantastic job again you know every year we try and raise the bar that little bit further um and we've got some uh, some great stuff happening this year and we've also got some some more news to announce which will happen the week of the um the ni open um last andrew morris golf now offers 12 months interest free credit on everything bought online and in store new golf clubs or that electric trolley you've been dreaming of for as little as 30 pounds per month Drive the extra mile to drive away happy. Check out andrewmorrisgolf.com for full terms and conditions. Andrew Morris Golf on the web and at Laganview Golf Centre Lambeg. Nice wee chat there, Mr. Kelly. Thanks very much. It was nice, good to get them. They were, yeah, nice wee interview with Leona and uh, Mark. And Mark, there. they were just literally just finished from the practice range and they were going to the pro-am, so they gave me, what, 10 or 15 minutes and yeah. it was great it's great to see them so organisers we said we've had them both on the podcast the two girls in the yep. past and they've made the step now fingers crossed them was that one of their first professional interviews then no the, no they don't they, they, it's, our, it's our first one with us Exactly. <laughs> the first of many. Well, no, yeah, good chat. Just remind me to give you a few tips on how to edit for next time. Well, thanks, uh, yes. It's something I'm still yeah. learning. <laughs> on with the amateur news. The Irish Women's Close Championship takes place at Ennis Grown Golf Club. That's from, that's this week, June the 16th to the 19th. Last year's champion Paula Grant will miss out. She's just returned from the Curtis Cup and competitors will play a 36-hole stroke play with 32 players qualifying for the championship match play and the next 16 below they qualify for the Eta Wallace Plate. Speaking of the Curtis Cup, do we have to? We have to, because we blew it up, we blew it up, we've got to talk about it. Come on. Mm. Come on. Well, it didn't go well. Moving on. <laughs> uh, it was not a good a good couple of USA days. USA beat GB&I convincingly 17-3 at Quaker Ridge. Was that the biggest uh, deficit yeah, in score? I think so. Yeah, One of the records, yeah. Uh, the 41st Curtis Cup match will be played at the Conway. Uh, or the, the Conway? Conway? Conway, thank you. Uh, in Wales, from the 12th to the 14th of June 2020, our VP of Programming, uh, Olivia Mahaffey, played every session, finishing with 2.5 points uh, out of five. So, yeah, good, good, good performance right. from Olivia. Yeah. While Paula Grant ended the event with a half from four matches. And John Murphy from Kinsale became the third Irish winner of the St Andrews Lynx Trophy following his playoff victory on the old course at St Andrews. John finished level with Germany's Yannick Dubreen on nine under par, after carding a final round 71, they returned to the 18th for sudden death playoff that was quickly settled when John holed a birdie from 25 feet. That's how nice. you finish it. Galway Bay's Eddie McCormick moved inside the top 10 on the Bridgestone Order of Merit following his win at the Connacht Stroke Play Championships. The 45-year-old finished two shots clear of the field on five under, posting rounds of 70, 70, 71 and 72 at Portumna. 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 And if you're thinking of entering the 2018 North of Ireland Championship at Royalport Rush, you better get your skates on. The closing date is Friday. That's June the 15th. The tournament takes place from the 9th to the 13th of July. And Ron Lester, he's your defending champion. He'll be back. I think I will this year. I'll throw my hat in the ring there. Uh, Tandragee's Jake Rowe won the Ulster Students' Championship at Myola Park following a three-hole playoff with Lurgan's Nathan McCann. 
and 17-year-old Christo Lamprecht from South Africa became the first international winner and youngest ever champion at the East of Ireland Championship at County Louth Golf Club. Lamprecht finished a four-round event on 14 under par, two shots ahead of Kilkenny's Mark Park. And a couple of amateur events coming up to mark your card about. The amateur championship gets underway at Royal Aberdeen and Merker Links. That's in June 18th to the 23rd. Closer to home, the Irish Boys Amateur Open Championship is on at Beaver, as Tom mentioned in his wee chat. 26th to the 29th of June. And one other wee thing to mark your card about. If you fancy getting your clubs fitted then uh, a very good opportunity is coming up for you, which we should tell you about right after this. Get the best prices on every round of golf with Hot Deals Tea Times exclusively from Golf Now. Available at more than 1,600 golf clubs throughout the UK and Ireland. Hot Deals save you up to 80% on thousands of tea times daily. Find the flame and save every time you play with Hot Deals only from Golf Now. So, Mr. Kelly, it's not very often you get to see inside one of the big tour trucks. You know the big ones? Those are the ones you see at the side of the uh, the ground on the European tour events. Yes, they're the big fancy ones. Oh, very nice. Uh, and it's even more unlikely that you're ever going to get your clubs made by one of the tour trucks. Because oh, they're the experts, anyway. Absolutely. However... Uh, this very opportunity is coming to Northern Ireland. It is coming to the clubhouse. And it's Mr. Robin McKibben who is organising it for his customers. And he's on the line to tell us all about it. It's, a, it's like a McKibben takeover tonight. Uh, Robin, so uh, this is, a, this is a, a quite a, a quite a unique experience uh, for people to be able to get their clubs done on the day with the Strixon tour, tour Truck. It is, Morris, yes. Um, Strixon have kindly um, decided to come along to the clubhouse at Green Acres Golf Centre on Thursday, the 5th of July. Um, that's the first day of the Irish Open, so they're leaving Valley Liffin on the Wednesday and coming down to us on Thursday. And uh, we're going to have a whole day of fittings and demos um, on the range at Green Acres. And um, if you decide to buy on the day, you will have your clubs built for you in the truck. It's not bad like, to actually have them built two years back after you've had a fitting with yourself. And uh, Dave and the gang will actually build them there on the truck. Oh, good. They will, they will, they're, they're going to build them on the truck. Um, just as they would build for G Mac and Shane Laurie and Matsy Alma, etc. Um, and you'll walk away off them that, that evening. So what, what, what kind of uh, what kind of in depth do they go into then when they're you'll obviously do the fitting and all the sizing and stuff like that, but what will the guys actually do on the truck? On the truck they'll 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 build the clubs really as normal as what you probably what would happen in, in their in their ordinary custom fittings department, but just that those guys' levels of expertise, um, you know, they'll be getting it to the correct weight, the correct swing weights, the grips you want, um, just just down to your your, your exact specifications um, that's, that, that the clubs are fitted for. Mastrixon also do the Cleveland wedges, so as we know, there's all those different grinds that these boys can do. Can they can they put, do that in the, on the tour trucks as well? They will, yes. If, if, if we're a kind of specialised grind put on the wedge, um, the guys on the truck can do that as well. They're also offering wedge stamping. So, again, if you want to buy a set of wedges, the guys will kindly stamp them on the truck for you that, that, that day as well. Hacker. Hacker what? That's what you want on hacker, yours? Hacker one. Hacker one on yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I usually need mine grinded surprisingly. You might, obviously, because the the lay angle of my yeah, clubs yeah, yeah. Is, so, is so awkward. A lot of my clubs have the the bottom end grinded away. You should go up. <laughs> I, it, I would honestly go up to see them. Unfortunately, I'm going to be in Ballyliffin at you the are, Irish Open. That's true. So can people still book uh, book times for their fittings on that day, Robin? Or what's, what's the demand like? Yeah, yes, I can. We've, 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 got, we've got slots left. Um, we can take in around um, 
between 12 to 15 slots on the day. So we've still got some left. So certainly, yes, um, sooner you get booked, um, get uh, get your place secured, um, the better. Um, but also on the day, I mean, we're, we're up, up the, the truck's going to be there all day. It's going to be open for you to have a look around on. Um, so, I mean, if, if you're not coming for any fittings, you can certainly come along, ha- have a look at the truck. We're going to be doing um, like a like a family fun day as well at Green Acres where um, we're going to have putting competitions, chipping competitions. There'll be some tricks and prizes for the putting and chipping competitions as well. Some some goodies from the tour pros as well that we're going to have for, for giveaways. So it's, it's going to be um, a, a good day. Absolutely, a very special day. As I said at the, at the wee intro, it's not very often you you get a chance to do this in your golfing sort of lifetime, unless you turn pro, of course. <laughs> with the hand you all the clubs for free as well. Uh, exactly. No, well, uh, best no, luck well, with it, Robin. Unfortunately, we'll be up at, up at yeah, we'll be up at Ballyliffin. Unfortunately, on the day, and we'll, we'll be able to make it down. But it sounds like a fantastic day. And uh, and just give us the uh, the phone number again if anyone wants to book for uh, for a fitting. Yeah, you can call us on zero two eight nine three three four two five nine three. Spot on, Robin. Thank you, Squire, and hope the day goes fantastically for you. Thanks, Morris. All the best now. Thank Cheers. You, See bye you, bye. Bye bye. So that sounds like some day up at uh, Greenacres, yeah. at the clubhouse with the Srixon truck. And uh, one other wee thing that Robin uh, forgot to mention actually is that there's going to be lessons as well. You can avail of some free lessons uh, thanks to Johnny Foster and the JF Johnny Foster Academy. Academy, which is the academy which young Tom goes to. So, uh, so you can go up there and get some free lessons as well. And that's it for episode 49. Right, now before we go, just a quick mention for Dungannon's Dwayne Mullen. Did you see this on Twitter? Mm, don't think so we got challenged but I'll talk about that in a minute okay Twain went round Dungallon Golf Club which is by the way that's Dungallon Aaron Clark's old course yeah 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 in 61 for front nine <laughs> 61 in a recent open creating a new course record surprisingly yes. enough his 11 under par round included 9 birdies and 2 eagles wow. on the 7th and the 12th now they tweeted that out and like a lot of people they got involved because I can't keep my mouth shut. Yes. And they challenged us to come down and try it. To try what? And do 61. Ah, for goodness sake. <laughs> I well, couldn't as do I, 61 even with their handicaps. As I said earlier, which which nine do you want me to do it on? <laughs> I, even, I might even be challenged to hit that in front nine. Better yeah. ball. The way I'm playing at the minute. Better ball with our handicaps. We couldn't do that. That is unbelievable shooting. Wow, we well done. Yeah. Class. Uh, if you hear of anyone else backing a hole in one or even shooting a really low score, do get in touch via social media. You can reach us on Facebook, uh, NI Golf Podcast, or on Twitter at NI Golf Podcast. And our next episode. Morris, would you believe our 50th episode, I think maybe could be from Ballyliffin? So hang on. That being the case, have we already passed our two year anniversary? Y- yes. We have, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Oh, my goodness. Isn't it remarkable? Where's my cake? Where's our birthday cake? <laughs> Nobody sent us a birthday cake. Uh, anyway, so yes, our 50th could be up at Ballyliffin. We're going to be up there all week, actually, as we mentioned last time. Uh, we're going to be up covering the entire event. Lots of uh, sort of extra podcasts and lots of video footage and photographs and as much as we can squeeze out of them. Lots of carry-on. Lots of carry-on. So thank you for listening. We'll be back again in two to three weeks' time. Thank you, Mr. Kelly. See you soon. See ya. Bye. Bye. Touch me. Touch me. See you. Shaking that ass, shaking that ass, see woo, shaking that ass, shaking that ass.